How many of you are glad to be here today? And we started a series uh, called Direction last week, and, and I want to continue in that vein this week, and I really want us to, to take to heart um, the word that we're sharing today, um, and, and, and I believe if we can get this, then it'll set the course uh, for other things in our life, but we really have to grasp this, and I was, I was thinking all week, I think people uh, come to God when they come to church, when they pray, when they do whatever it is that they do uh, for the Lord. I think one of the questions that we ask internally or one of the questions that we ask ourselves, whether we actually verbalize it or not, um, and I believe this is what the world wants to know about Christianity, is does, does it work? Does it, does it work? I don't know if you've ever ever gotten to that place and you're like, well, I, I, I just wonder if this, this Jesus thing, that's what they call it, this Jesus thing, this church thing, this God thing, does it really work? And then when I began to think about the thought uh, even more, and dug into the question even more that, that we ask ourselves, and sometimes people ask when they're asking that, really what they're asking is, if I do the God thing, will things work out the way I want them to? And we have a promise from the word that says all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, but we know that all things individually are not good. I think that if I asked everyone, has everything always been good in your life? Has everything gone well? Has everything gone the way you wanted it to? I don't believe anybody in this, this room would raise their hand and say, yes, I've always gotten it uh, what I wanted. Things have always turned out the way I wanted. I think if we were honest, we would say that I've had some experiences that were unpleasant, some things that I didn't like. I made some mistakes along the way. I've, I've messed up along the way. And sometimes, anybody in here ever mess up or is it just me? Okay, well, one other person messed up, everybody else. Um, but, you know, along the way, we don't always get it right. Sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we have to miss it. Sometimes we have to go back and ask forgiveness. Sometimes we have to apologize. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say, look, I didn't do it right. I didn't say it right. Uh, but God is gracious and he's merciful. And because of the cross and because of his forgiveness, he allows us to just keep coming back to him till we get it right. You ever been one of those, those people that promise, Lord, I'll never do it again, God. If you get me out of this jam, I'll never do it again. And then you did it again. And then God, in his grace and his mercy, says, you know what? I love you anyway. Just, just come. Just keep coming. I'll help, you. I'll help you get it right. Lord, I'll never lose my temper again. And then somebody pokes you the wrong way and you lose your temper again. And you go back and you end up apologizing for the same thing that you did before. You, has anybody ever said, I'll never do it again? I'll never do it again. We, we, but you did it again, right? You, you did. You did. Oh, I'm done eating that. I'm not eating it anymore. They messed me up. And then you drove by and it was good to you. So you say, you know what? It was just a one-time thing. I, I, I'm going to try that sandwich again. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is that when we walk with God in this series called Direction, he actually gives us a way to get it right in our lives. And I think the problem that we have uh, sometimes as men, men and women of God, as children of God, as people who are trying to follow God, is simply something I said last week. We sometimes insist on things being our way. And the reality is, is that when we say, Lord, I'm going to submit and surrender to what you have for my life, then the outcome will be better than I could have possibly imagined. But as human beings, we have to know the end all the time. You know, like that. I need to know how it's going to turn out. How many of you get in the car with someone, and, and, um, but they don't tell you where they're going, you'd feel safe to go? Nobody? <laughs> of course you wouldn't, because you're like, well, where are we going? I don't know. We're just driving. Sometimes 
Walking with God feels like that. I'll be honest with you, is that he says, come on, follow me. And you're like, God, where are we going? He's like, just, just be quiet. Just wait. Just enjoy the ride. Just go along. Because if I give you too much information now, you'll mess it up. And the reality is, is that God wants us to have clear direction for our life, but sometimes he doesn't lead the way that we think that he should or lead the way that we really want him to. Let me read this verse, and then we'll get into that. Not the first verse in the notes, but I want to read something to you that really struck me uh, this week. And it's in, if you're taking notes, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse uh, 16. Listen, listen to this and just read it later. But it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Let me stop right there. Hmm. Sometimes we have to have a revelation of what is true. How many of you know that the world will lie to you? How many of you know that people in your life will lie to you? How many of you have some family members that will lie to you? Some of y'all are like, man, my family is not like, we're all tight, man. You got that one. You, you all have that one that's not always going to be totally forthcoming with you. Um, but the word of God is so rich in that it teaches us what is true. And we need that because the world is going to lie to us. Uh, even our friends are going to lie to us. Uh, your circumstances are going to lie to you. You're going to go through things and you're going to feel like you're going down for the last time. This is it. I'm drowning. I'm not, I can't survive. I can't make it. Nothing's going to work. And they're all lies from the enemy. Because he wants you to give up and not believe that God can work in your life. Yes, even you. You're like, man, you, Pastor, you don't know how much I messed up. How much, you don't know last night I just did some things that I shouldn't have done. And God says, well, you're here now, and you still have life, and you still have breath, and you still have hope. So, yes, I can use you too. Say, I have life. I have breath. I have purpose. Let me keep on reading this, and then we'll get into it. And then it says, to make us realize... What is wrong in our lives? Watch this. You don't need somebody to come and criticize you and point out what's wrong in your life. If you stay in the word of God long enough, there's something that is an ugly word in church, but it, it, there's something called conviction that will come over you. And it's not condemnation. It's just that as you read the word and you say, Lord, teach me, uh, teach me your word. Help me to live in a way that pleases you. What happens if there's something that's not pleasing to God? He just will put something. You ever had that nudge, man? I'm just I'm, I'm missing it kind of here. I know this isn't your, you know, jump up and be happy message. But what he does is sometimes he'll whisper and say, you shouldn't have said it that way. He said, you know what? That grudge you've been holding for 15 years, you need to call him and forgive them. And you're like, no, you don't know what they did to me, and I'm never forgiving. And God says, well, you need to forgive because I can't let you move on in your life until you choose to forgive them for what they've done. Here's the other part. And it says it teaches us to do what is right. A word of God teaches us what to do that is right. So many of us say, well, let me just pray, and hopefully God will drop some word from heaven to tell me what to do. And he might nudge you and speak to you that way. But he, if you just open this up, he'll show you what to do. He'll show you how to handle situations. You know, this will help you deal with other people. I know none of you have ever had somebody in your life that got on your nerves. But in case you did, this, this will show you how, how, how to deal with it. None of you have ever been offended. Nobody ever said anything to you. Nobody ever cussed you out and you had to keep you. You know, some of y'all are like, man, I'm a Christian, but you say the wrong thing to me. <laughs> and you're going to see some of that old me. 
come out. You know, you, you got some, some people who are saved and love God, man, but if you rub them the wrong way, man, they'll pull them earrings out. <laughs> Teaches us to do what is right. Pastor, you can't say that in church. That's not holy. Y'all be real. You know you want to slap somebody sometimes. <laughs> and you know what you say? You say, Lord, help me. You better get them. Some of y'all, you have kids, you tell your, 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 your significant other, you say, get your child. <laughs> I got a three-year-old, and she's starting to try me a little bit. And then she'll look at me with this smile, like I'm not going to do anything about it. And she's right. <laughs> it's, okay, it's, it's actually okay to laugh in church because the Bible says that laughter does good like medicine. And sometimes we're not physically sick, but we're emotionally sick. And sometimes, you ever had a good belly laugh? You ever had one of those good belly laughs and you didn't even know why you were laughing? And then after that, everything was funny. And all of a sudden, you forgot about all that stuff you were dealing with and, and, and worrying about just, just because somebody had made you laugh. And then you, you're laughing, but you're mad at them for making you laugh because you still want to be angry. Stop. Stop making those faces. And they just keep going. God uses it to prepare, watch this, prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God uses his word. He uses his time that we come together to equip you to deal with outside. See, we thought for years that church was about in here. But he actually equips you to go out and be a light and a witness for him. I want to talk to you today about a purposeful perspective. I want to talk to you about a purposeful perspective and why. Why is it important? Because I said that throughout the Bible, we find that people have a tendency in human nature to always want to do things their way, always have it our way. It's got to go my way. And if it doesn't, I'm going to take you out if it doesn't go my way. But Proverbs 14, 12 says this. It says, there's a way which seems, they seems right to a man. Have you ever been in a situation and what you wanted to do seemed right by all, all circumstances? Like, like, I looked at everything, I weighed everything, I measured everything, and this looks like the right way to handle it. But its end is the way of death. So you, you, everything told you this was the right thing to do. It's the right thing for me to share this with somebody I don't trust. And then your business ended out all over the city. Or there was somebody, it seemed right in the moment to connect with this person or that person. And when you did and you started hanging around a little bit, you found out some stuff about them that, that you didn't know. How many of you have some didn't know folk in your life that, that, that you didn't know certain things before you connected with them? There was a way which seems right. But the good news is, is that if we just wait long enough, and if we just ask God, show me through your words, show me how to deal with this, show me how to navigate that, we'll find that some of these things that seem right, if you wait another day, they're not right. If you'd have just waited another week to, to, to let them show you their true nature, your true character, you would have found, ah, I shouldn't have hooked up with that, shouldn't have linked up with that. But there's grace even in that. And we don't realize that because we get so down on ourselves that when we go the wrong way or when we do it our way, we think that's it. We don't have another chance. We don't have another way to get back on the path. But God, like I said at the beginning, because you are still living, breathing, and moving right now, there is hope for your life. Say hope. Say I have hope. See, some of y'all are saying it by faith right now because you don't really believe it. But you just sometimes you got to say it and say it and say it because the voice that you're going to believe is your own. 
They're like, Pastor, but you don't really understand my situation. I don't need to because God does. Do you realize that what you experience and what you go through and what you went through didn't ever take him by surprise? Even right now, some of you right now, you're listening to me, but your mind is on your struggle. And God is saying, your struggle didn't take me by surprise either. Your weakness, your, your weakness, your addiction, your problem never took God by surprise. And yet he says, there's a moment in time where I'm going to set you free and set you on the right path for your life. Why? Not because of anything you've done, but because I love you. And what I find is that what the world rejects and what people rejects, God uses. And so it's funny. Be careful who you judge. Be careful who you criticize because the same person you criticize is be the person that pulls you out of your pit when you fall. And, and so it's always good to treat everybody right and try to, try to love everybody because you don't know who your blessing is. And the people you're judging and the people you talk about behind their back will be the ones that God will have to use to bring you out of your mess. Sometimes the ones least likely to have a word for your situation, if you just stop a minute and open your heart and humble yourself, they may have the word that unlocks the key to your destiny. You can't, you can't always look, you can't, you know the old saying, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Or see, some of us, we judge by appearances, and we say, well, this person looks like this, and that person looks like that, and we've already sized them up and decided everything about them. And when we humble ourselves, we realize, wait a minute, that's the person that God wanted to use to bring me to the next level in my life. All of that was not part of the notes. I just wanted to get that to you. God wants to direct us. How many of you believe that? He, he, let me ask, y'all know me if you've heard me before. I just like to be real with these messages and sometimes they go a different way. But how many be honest and say, sometimes I feel like I'm just here. Like, I'm just, I'm just floating through life. I don't really have any direction, any aim, any, you know. I feel like there's something more, but I really don't know what it is. And the thing is, is God wants to direct you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Pastor, show it to me from the word. I'm so glad you asked. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So watch this. God not only wants to lead you, but he wants to lead you, he said, with his eye on you. So he doesn't want to lead you from your perspective. He wants to lead you from his. And so that's why you're like, well, why did I try so hard to get this person to like me and to get that one connect with me and seem like whatever I did in my life, they just rejected it, rejected and rejected because God didn't want them there. There's some people that will say no to you and they don't even know why. We get all hung up about why people, this one doesn't like me and that one doesn't like me and I can't seem to find favor here. Sometimes God will shut the door because he doesn't want you walking through it. And he knows you, left to you, will walk through it anyway. How many of you, some of us, we, we, we got a little pride. Just, just a little bit, not a lot. We have a little pride. So we are insistent on not only uh, having the end the way we want it, but walking the road the way we want to walk it. And sometimes God says, since I know that you are prone to, to, to be, how do you say it, say it? Um, stubborn. Stubborn, yeah. I was trying to find a nice way to dress it up. But so, since some of us are stubborn, he says, you know what? Because I know you're stubborn, I'm going to have to close this door and lock it and let you bang your head against it two or three times before you stop trying to go through it. And then you'll finally say, wait a minute, this might not be a direction that God wants me to go. It, you know, it's like that, that you, 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 ever, you ever had that friend in your life that's not really your friend? 
What do I mean? It, it's, it's someone who says that you, they kind of call you when they need you. Yeah, it's, it's associate. Yeah, thank you for that sort of word. You know, they, they know you and they love you. Hey, I was just thinking about you. Can I get $20? You, everybody have those kind of friends. They, they, you wouldn't think about me. You were thinking about what I could do for you. And after a while, sometimes God will tell you, he'll be like, no, sometimes you'll realize maybe that person is not the right person for me. I'll instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. So God is leading you from his perspective. And let's go to Isaiah 55. And this is where I want to park and kind of I'll park here. We'll talk a little bit about it when we land the plane in Mark chapter 4. But it says, seek the Lord while you can find him. How many of you know that there's some things in your life that are time sensitive? What I mean by this, God is dealing with you. He's nudging you to do certain things. And, and he's nudging you to do them in this season. But you want to do them over here. And the blessing is in doing them now. So when he reveals them to you to, to, uh, to do this or he gives you an instruction to follow now and you try to delay it into the next season, sometimes it costs you something. And that's the reality of the things that we don't want to admit sometimes, that sometimes us uh, waiting to do what God calls us to do has a price tag. God tells you to pray at 3 o'clock, but you decide you want to do it at 8 and you might miss something that God wanted to do or something he wanted to uh, protect you from. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call upon him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways hmm. and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. God always wants to show mercy. If this message is for one person, then it's worth preaching it because God has desired, he has a constant desire to show us mercy in our lives, but we have to have a willingness to receive it. And our society teaches us that, that we serve a God that wants us to do, 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 do. And so in order to earn favor with God, in order to get right with God, we're always looking for something to do. I want to put that in perspective for you. Raise your hand if you've ever made a mistake. Okay, now let's call it the real word. Raise your hand if you ever sinned. Okay, so do you think any of those things took God by surprise? So when you come to him, we're almost, we're almost coming to him as if he doesn't know we, we did it or are going to do it. He knows us so well. So what he's saying is, I want you to come to me so that you know you need me. In order, to, it, it, this didn't make sense. Because in our, in our sight, we want to be so strong that we don't need God or anybody else. But the reality is that sometimes you fall and you mess up and you have to humble yourself and look up and say, God, I need you to stop this. Because the reality is you're doing some things in your life. Some people are doing things right now that, that, that you can't stop on your own. That unless God intervenes and helps you, you'll just continue on the same path. Be real about it. God, how many you you have battles in your mind and you constantly are, are, are attacking even yourself in your mind? I'll never be this. I'll never be that. Things will never work out. Do you realize you need God to even help you with that? Because left to you, I, I remember going through uh, a season of my life as an assistant principal, and it seemed like you know the, 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 I would always try to do my best, and, and my best would never be good enough. It would never be good enough for my boss. It would never be good enough for the people around me. And I wake up every morning and I say, you know what? I'm going to do my best. 
I'm going to do my best. And I talked myself up. I'm going to do my best. And before 8 o'clock, there was something that had me down here saying, yo, it's never going to be different. I always make mistakes. Sound familiar? I, I, I always mess up. And I had to come to a place where I said, God, I need you to help me do this job. Because if you don't help me do this job left to myself, I'll mess it up. God, I need you to help me parent my children because if I try to do it on my own, I'm going to mess them up. That's the humility that we have to have. I need you to help me to be a good husband, a good wife, because if I'm left to myself, I'll mess it up. That's the reality. And when we, why, why are you saying all this, Pastor? Because you will walk in a power for every area of your life if you realize that the power is not yours. If you realize that you can't do it by yourself. Now, all of us self-sufficient people have a problem with what I'm saying now because that means I actually have to depend on something outside of me. But that's the place of power. That's the perspective. When I realize that everything in me, I live and I move and I have my being in him. Lord, help me to say what I should say. Help me to do what I should do. Help me to love as I should love. Help me to be an encouragement as I should be an encouragement. We need God in this time more than any other time. What does this have to do with direction? It's very simple. If we don't have a dependence on God, we will not go anywhere. I heard, uh, I think it was Joyce Meyer that said that when we don't have God's direction, we're like an octopus on roller skates. It's a lot of movement, but we're not going anywhere. And many of us, our lives, if we're honest, we could say, we got a lot of movement, but we're not really going anywhere. And it requires us to refocus and say, God, I depend on you for everything. Everything. God is so powerful that you realize if he says to you right now, that's your last breath, there's nothing you can do about it. All our kicking and screaming is not going to work if God says that's it. And that should not make us scared. It should make us reverent, humble, and in awe of the power that he holds. He's so powerful that all he could do was, was speak and the sun and the moon and the stars came into existence. All because he spoke. Yes, turn to God for he will forgive generously. I wonder how many of us would be honest and say we have that kind of forgiving heart that we forgive generously, not just, you know, some of, we, we all, if we're real, we all have our point. You know that point where somebody says what they shouldn't have said for the last time or they do what they shouldn't have done for the last time or you caught them in this for the last time. You, you, we all have our point, like, you know what, I know what God says to forgive, but I don't have to forget. So what we say, we dress it up real spiritual and say, I forgive, but I'm not going to forget when you forgive somebody, you release them from the obligation that they have to you. Unforgiveness is like tying somebody to an emotional obligation to you. And so it doesn't destroy them because many times they go on about their business. There are people who've done you wrong in your life and they just go on about their business. Don't even care. So who's the forgiveness really about if God directs you to do it? It's about you. It's about you being free to move on with your life. And some of us in here need to forgive ourselves today. My thoughts are nothing like yours. And this is why we got to follow direction, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. 
the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground for the, to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. Now, I want you to understand something because I believe this has been preached wrong for years. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Wait a minute. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Every time God speaks, something happens. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't discern it, even if I don't recognize it, when God sends his word out, something happens. Now, here's why, here's why I say we preached it wrong, because what we have believed in preaching that was this, that we just throw words out there and somehow God is going to do something. And the reality is that in reading the rest of it, we understand the context of this, and it helps us. It says, it will accomplish all that I want it to. The most dangerous thing we've done in church is say, come, sit, listen to a message, and if you do that, you'll get everything you want. And what happens is that we celebrate it, we clap, we shout, we get excited, and when we go home and don't get what we want, we blame God. But every time he allows you to go into his word, if you're reading it, or somebody's preaching it, or somebody has a word that, that they put on their heart for you, it's going to accomplish what he wants it to. But we have to be humble enough to say, God, sometimes what you want from me is not what I want from me. But what you want from me is much better than what I want from me. What you want from me is good for me, and sometimes what I want for myself is not good for me. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? How many, how many of you eat things that are good for you every day, all the time? And somebody's asking you, well, why, why are you eating that? And your response is, I'm grown. I want to. You, ever see, you, you, you know you've been there where finally somebody just asked you the question over and over again, and finally you had enough, and you said, I'm an adult. If I want this greasy fried chicken, I don't care if I had it three days in a row, I still want it. I'm grown. You eat your little boring grilled salmon. Somebody's like, Pastor, you're making it a little personal. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. I may or may not be talking about myself. Man, but that, that Publix chicken, man, if you get it at the right time. Y'all don't know about that, man. Just all the grease coming out. That can't be good for you, but it sure tastes good. And some of us, our life are just like that, man. What we want tastes good, but it's not good. And so we have to have God to say, you know what? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm going to send my word into your life, but it's going to accomplish what I want it to. And sometimes what God's doing in your life, watch this, because some of us got a feelings hurt with this. What God is doing in your life will sometimes result in the subtraction of people from your life. He says, because I set you apart, there's some people. You, you, ever, you ever somebody change on you and you didn't even realize why? All you were doing was trying to follow the plan of God and follow the course of God for your life. And all of a sudden, they just get mad at you for stuff that don't even matter. The purpose of time, uh, uh, the purpose of God in your life will sometimes cost you some people. I'm going to be honest with you. 
it will cost you some, 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 some close friendships. How do you know? The end of Jesus' life, he poured, he poured his, himself into all these people who walked away. E- even his inner circle couldn't stick with him at its toughest time, but he had to follow the purpose. What, what if he had said, no, I can't go to the cross because I, I got to chase these disciples? Then none of us would have an inkling of hope of eternal life. And I want to encourage some of you to press into God more. Even if it costs you people. Because getting close to God, you have all you need. Man will promise you things, but man will fail you. God never will. They, they, the song they were singing, give me faith, and then it got to the part where it said, I may be weak, but your spirit is strong in me. My flesh may fail, but God, you never will. That has to be a reality in our life. Sometimes my flesh is going to fail. But I serve a God who never will that he, even if I mess it up, he's so, uh, he has so much wisdom and so much power that he can even weave my mistakes together. For his own glory. Some of you need to call some of your mistakes a stop on the road to greatness. Because that, that's all it was. He, you, you know, you had a detour and you failed here, you messed up here. But even he's that powerful that he can take your own weaknesses and mistakes and still work them out for his own glory. You're like, wait a minute, God, you could use that? Yeah, you can use that because now I brought you out of it and you can humble yourself up and say, look, you know what? You've been through it. You're going through something I went through five years ago. And if God can use me, he can use you. See, the reason our testimony this day doesn't have a lot of power is because it's not authentic. It's a dressed up version of what really happened. But if some of us were honest, we'd say, no, I was before Christ and even at the beginning of my walk. And sometimes now I'm a little jacked up. I don't don't get everything right. You know what? Yeah, I'm saved and I love Jesus, but somebody pushed me the wrong way and I let out words I shouldn't let out sometimes. Doesn't mean God doesn't love me, but sometimes I mess up, but he has to arrest my mouth. And I noticed that you were saying you were struggling with the same thing. Well, look, he can use me. He can use you too. Right? Do you realize, watch this, some people can be saved and still addicted. I've I've seen people preach addicted. Here's and I'm not excusing it. What I'm saying to you is, you never know somebody's story or journey or what God, where God has them and what He's doing. But when He sets them free, don't judge them, because that may be the person that same person you judge that needs to pray for you to to, to get free. And and we have to begin to be honest because we won't get healed until we're real. Won't happen. We've got, we got to be real and say, no, you know what, sometimes I, man, I, I, I got a bad temper. And you know what? Our mistakes, watch this, they can't always be somebody else's fault. Because when we just say to God, you know what, it's not what they said to me, it's not how they said, I, I'm, I'm just jacked up. <laughs> but if you help me, I'll do everything you want me to do, God. You look, at, look at who he used. Look at who God used in the Bible. Abraham was a liar who tried to pimp his wife out. And he's called the father of faith. His son does the same thing. And God blesses him. The disciples couldn't, the disciples never had really a great understanding until after Jesus died, yet he used them to heal and set people free. Why can't God use you? 
what is our excuse that he can't use us if he can use them? Moses stuttered and had excuses every time God told him what to do, yet God used him to bring people out, out of Egypt. David couldn't keep his hands to himself, but he's called a man after God's own heart. All I'm trying to say is we think we have the biggest part in this, and reality is God has the biggest part in it. And he says, you know what? I see your strengths. I see your weaknesses. If you surrender and submit to me, I want to use you for my glory. It'll accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So everywhere God, God's word goes, it, it prospers. You'll live in joy. How many of you want joy? Like, let's just be real for a minute and say, look, I've gone years without real joy and real peace. And you know what? I finally want it. I'm tired of watching other people smile and, and be happy and be peaceful and be joyful. You know what, God? I want some of that joy for myself. I want some of that peace that they have in the midst of their sickness, in the midst of their struggle. They can still say, for God, I live and for God, I die. I want that. God, it doesn't always have to work out the way I want it to. I just want peace in the midst of whatever I'm going through. Mark chapter 4. Close with this. Why? You said, Pastor, that the word always prospers where I send it. Pastor, you said that um, it always accomplishes what God wants it to. And so what I wanted to close with is why it doesn't. Because we sometimes have to understand that all the preaching, all the teaching, all the praying, sometimes we have to understand that there's sometimes that there's specific reasons why things don't work. Um, I think our messages and our preaching have to go just beyond God is going to do this for you and God is going to do this for you, Brother Ronald. He's going to bring you through. Sometimes you need to understand why it didn't work. Sometimes, this is deep. I want you to really listen to this. Sometimes some things didn't work because it wasn't God's plan. I, I, I know we don't want to hear that in this age, but sometimes it didn't work just because it wasn't what God wanted. How do you know that? That high school sweetheart that you thought was going to be for your, your forever? And they weren't your forever? It's because it wasn't God's plan. He closed the door because he had something different for you. And sometimes we have to accept with faith the fact that what we want may not be God's plan. But here's the other part of this. Jesus is telling parables uh, to his disciples, and he says that this particular parable in Mark chapter 4, he says, you have to understand this. What I'm telling you right now, you'll not understand anything else. This is what he tells us. He says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the other ones? So he's saying, you have to understand what I'm telling you here. He says, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So all this other stuff we call seed, seed is the word of God. And when it's planted, he said that there are those who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word that's been sown in them. So you have to understand, even right now while I'm preaching, Satan is trying to steal the word from you. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to tell you, well, it, it, I know what he's saying, but it's just going to always be the way it's going to be. And I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Satan's trying to steal the word. He's trying to take it out of your heart. That's the first group of people that you can hear it. But he wants to take it from you. So you leave and you don't remember anything that was said. He's trying to steal it from you. 
He said, in a, in a similar way, there are those whom, and this is where I feel like most people fall in these next two categories, why the word is not producing fruit in their life. It says, in a similar way, these are ones whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. You ever been there? Man, that was a powerful word. Pastor, that was awesome. I loved it. It really touched me. He said they receive it with joy, and when they have no firm root in themselves, they're only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. So here's what happens. It's now, now what's been preached, what you got excited about, what you got joyful about, what you, you thought you had instant faith for. All of a sudden, the enemy comes, he starts to attack you and press you in your life. And you know what? You're like, forget it. It's not worth it. You ever had a taste of the promise, but the struggle made you feel like it's not worth it? God, there's something you want to do in my life, but I just don't want to go through. If we're real, they're like, man, I know God has more for me, but I don't want to go through all that. <laughs> That's why he doesn't tell us something. So you're like, God, no, nah, you, you're going to take me to this promise, but people are going to betray me and criticize me and talk about me and, and, and do all this. No, nah, forget it. That's how some of us are. Said, so, but there's another group. Of people. He said, and there are ones whom seed was sown among thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word. Watch this. But the worries of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. And the desire for other things enter in. And choke the word. Do you know that there's things if you allow them into your life, they will strangle the breath of God right out of your life. You're like, man, it's just, you, you ever talk to somebody and when you were done with the conversation, they just sucked the life out of you? <laughs> there are things in this world that do the same thing. God, God gives you a word. He gives you direction for your life. But we end up, what this text is saying is that we end up being directed by our distractions. The worries of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. The, de the desire for other things. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Think about that for a minute. Think about the things that you have on your prayer list right now, the things that you've been asking God to do, the things that you're desiring for him to do. And then think about the, the weight and the cares and the worries of things that you have circulating in your mind right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And before, you ever been there where you, you, you thought about it so much, you were just tired from thinking about it. I don't know how to make this work. I don't know how to make that work. I don't know how to tie all this together. And before you, before you realize it, that you can't do anything about it anyway, you're exhausted. Chokes the word, makes it unfruitful. But there's a last group that we really want to be. And it says there are those on whom seed was sown on the good soil. We want to be good soil. This whole parable... Believe it or not, it's not about the word. It's about the soil. It's about the place that is planted. And so we want to ask God to prepare our hearts to be good soil so that when the word is taught, when it's preached, when I read it, it hits that good soil and it becomes fruitful. How many of you know fruit doesn't come up immediately? But fruit does come up eventually. That's so why I tell people it may not work out immediately, but it might work out eventually. We always want to criticize the message, the messenger. But that tells us the problem is not always with that. 
the problem is with the soil. What I've allowed in my heart It's just like a doctor who tries to give you medicine, but your body rejects it. Just rejects it, rejects it, rejects it. Sometimes our heart is the same way. You hear truth every week, but because of the condition of our heart, we reject it and we can't be fruitful. But when we're good soil, he says they hear the word, they accept it, and bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. This removes the need for any of us to ever compare ourselves with anybody. Because some of us, we, we, if, if our heart is right, we're all going to bear fruit, but we're not going to all bear the same fruit. And here's the thing, we're not even going to understand why somebody else bears fruit differently than we do. In a world driven, watch this, close your eyes, I want you to just listen to me while I'm saying this part. In a world driven by comparison, I want you to think about your life for a minute. How many times you log on to your social media and spend five minutes on there and you're depressed because you don't have what they have. And worse, worse, the other side of that is sometimes people post their mess and you're like, man, at least I don't have it that bad. We, we are thrust into constant comparison. So we're directed more by what we're seeing online than we are by what we see on our knees. I want you to think about where you thought you would have been at this point in your life. Some of us have to do this honest, honest searching of our hearts right now. I want you to think, you're like, man, I, I, so many years ago I had so many hopes, so many dreams, so much passion, so much purpose, so much this, so much that. And some of you have even said, man, I thought I'd be farther along by now. Worse, some of us are like, man, I've been trying and trying and my life is still in the exact same place it was 10 years ago. And God is just saying, I want you to change your perspective. I want you to realize that if you open your heart and just surrender to me without having all the answers, that I'll begin to direct your life in the way that it should go. I'll help you know what to say. I'll help you know what to do. I'll help you know where to go. I'll help you listen to me. Some of us husbands are interesting because we, we after, after people tell us something three or four times, we hear them and don't hear them anymore. We've perfected yes, dear. And we only know what they said. Y'all can laugh at that. It's okay. <laughs> we, perfect, we, per <laughs> we perfected how to pretend we're listening. Because we've heard it over and over again. The dangerous thing is sometimes we do that with God. He nudges us the same way and we're like, okay, yeah, God, I got it. And then we go out about our own business. But I want to challenge you today to, Lord, to just say, Lord, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my test, help me to have peace. Help me to have joy. Help me to hear what you're saying in this time. I want you to take a minute. We're going to worship and then I'm going to pray, but... I want you to take a minute to just ask God honestly, just quiet between you and God. God, what is the direction that you have for my life? Not what I thought it would be. Not, not God help me to go where I want to go. But Lord, what, what are you directing? What do you want?
for me because the minute you say, God, I'll go where you want me to go, I'll do what you want me to do, you'll experience peace. And I want this song that we're going to worship to now. Is it go on and stand if you can, um, that we're going to, to worship to and then pray a little bit. I want this to be a prayer. I want this to be a prayer as they sing, and I want you to sing it with all your heart to the Lord at this time.